There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm Brown & Crouppen sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Morning after. KPNTFM HD2. Collinsville, St. Louis. They were playing this at Fieldhouse, aka the Viper Room, until 8 in the morning yesterday. On a continuous loop. People are just rolling balls. I would think so, yeah. <laughs> Is there a chance this could become the Mizzou fight song in the future? I would, I would think. Ladies and gentlemen, he's had an adventurous uh, last 36 hours. He is sponsored by the gentleman who has replaced Ken Strode in the Michelob Ultra Studios here on TMA, presented by Brown Crouppen, and that is uh, James Carlton. His name is the Colonel, Gabriel P. DeArmond of PowerMizzou.com. Morning, Colonel. What's up, guys? How are you doing? Well, Gabe, they went from very, very happy on Saturday night on PowerMizzou.com, where they love both, me and you equally, <laughs> and they went to despondent in 24 hours following the Jackson State debacle. The emotional roller coaster even after 20 years, continues to amaze me. I, I don't, hmm. I, I, I couldn't, I, I would have trouble functioning if I got quite so high or quite so low. Whether Doug, you are, like, you are, you're really pissed off at this. I, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep <laughs> because these losses to non-conference opponents in November are probably the most important part of the season. Good for you for and saying so it. I can't get over it. Try as I might. It's like, I mean, it, look, it was an awful loss. I mean, it's in the conversation with UMKC and Charleston Southern is legitimately one of the worst losses in program history. So it was awful. And they're going to play 27 more games. And it, it's just, we talk about this all the time, but it's not football. It's not where one season, like, like this, is, this doesn't mean you aren't allowed to play for a title. I'm not saying I think Missouri's a tournament team and, and they're necessarily going places. I get why people would be concerned. They they don't look very good through five games. Honestly, they played one good team and they should be two and three. Um, so I, I get concerned, but, you know, the sudden, well, here's all the guys we didn't get last year and here's why we're terrible and here's why Gates isn't isn't the right guy. I mean, this is crazy, man. Like the – the guy has done almost everything right for 19 months, and he had an awful day. Um, but it doesn't, you know, it's it's all right. They'll play again. Uh, Jackson uh, is our resident big-time, big-time Missouri basketball fan. And while we're talking about it, uh, Jackson, because we're going to move to football here, but uh, I wanted to make sure you had anything you may want to ask the colonel. Yeah, I guess, Gabe, my only question would be, like, if Gates is so confident, like, do you think he's going to, kind of tighten down the rotation or do you think he's just going to keep playing 12 13 even 14 guys for the rest of the year i don't think he it, no i think it's got to tighten down and i think he i think he did it some last year too he's using these early games to kind of try to figure out the roster and which guys can i use which ones can i count on you know now the issue is that hey you can tweak and and you can figure things out but you can't let it cost you a game, and it did last night. Now, I, I'm not sure the rotation is what cost him the game because 
the guys that made mistakes at the end of that game were Caleb Grill and Nick Honor, and, and then throw Jordan Butler in there, who's a freshman. And while he's a freshman, and people might, in hindsight, say, "Why is he in the game?" People have been asking for more of that for the first four games. So you don't you don't get to argue both sides of it. Um, so I don't know if the rotation was the direct cause of why they got beat last night, but it is something that you look at and say, "Hey, it's it's cool to use these first ten games as an experimentation," but you can't let it get to the point where you get beat in a game you shouldn't get beat. Yeah. We we just have to hope Gates can hang on to his job by the by the end of the year. Well, I mean, I don't, in certain corners of the internet, it seems to be a question. <laughs> <laughs> Let's focus on what took place Saturday. Colonel, uh, we, we're right in the same age range. We're in school at the same time together. And I don't know what you were thinking. I said this to my wife uh, at some point, I think it was late in the third quarter, I said, they're just not going to win this game. And Missouri was ahead, by the way, at that time. I said, it's just they're just going to lose this game because it had all, Doug, you like this term, the trappings? I don't like it, no. Of uh, a textbook Missouri loss. Florida was out playing. Missouri wasn't tackling. They were having some issues offensively in addition to the defensive problems. Uh, and I just thought, okay, they're going to lose this thing. That was before it even got to fourth and seventeen. But two things stood out to me that were significantly historically different for those of us in our 40s who have watched Missouri football for a long time. Number one, the crowd uh, for that game with Thanksgiving week upon the student body was incredible. I mean, that, what an absolutely phenomenal crowd. Another sellout, but uh, the crowd was alive the whole time. It's not like people bolted at halftime. And then secondly, fourth and 17, at that point, I'm just like, okay, how's it going to get knocked down? And, and then how will Gabe handle postgame on YouTube? That's, that's what was on my mind. And those two things turned, and uh, it wound up being a game that I think Missouri fans will remember for a long time. Yeah, I went through kind of really until late third quarter. I kind of just felt like Missouri's going to win this game. I, I mean, it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be as easy as, as people want it to be. But I think Missouri will win. And then – when Florida went down and I, you know, I've basically when they scored their second touchdown of the third quarter. And I think at that point it was 23, 21 Missouri or something like that. I looked and I said, it feels like Florida's figured something out on this defense. And I don't think Missouri can stop them. And I said, so at that point I switched to, you've just got to have the ball last. I, I was sitting next to Ben Fredrickson at the game. And I said, feels like whichever team has the ball last is going to win. Cause I don't know if either team can stop the other one. And, uh, you know, then they're obviously, I mean, the, the biggest play of the game is, and I can't remember which player it was, but Florida steps out of bounds on third down. And we all yeah. just looked at each other. Yeah. And went, oh my God! They just saved Missouri twenty seconds. Yeah, you're right about that. I'd forgotten all about they that. They don't you're have right. those twenty seconds. I don't think they win the game. Wow! Yep. And all they really needed to do was get down in the middle of the field and set up the field goal, right? Or, or literally just falling so down. You, kneel. I could have kneeled. That would have been better. Knelt. Kneel the nurse. I mean, as you're going toward the sideline, you have to understand. I cannot go out of bounds. Just dive on the ground. Doesn't matter if you lose three yards. Just get on the ground, but because we were talking before the snap, do you do you run and you force them to throw the you know use the timeout, or do you actually trust your backup quarterback to try to get a first down? Because Florida could have gotten a first down without scoring, and if that happens, the game's over. Missouri's never touching the ball yep. again, right? Yep. If they get to the if they get twelve yards and get to the six, the the game's over. But um, you know they threw kind of a safe pass, which a smart play. But I, Florida made did so many things in that game that if I'm a Florida fan, I want to know if Billy Napier really knows what he's doing. I I mean, they they had so many false starts and delay of games and timeouts out of delay of games and timeouts at the worst time. And then that play at the end where it's just like, that's the one thing you can't do. I mean, that team has way too much talent to be five and six. Yeah, it was Etienne that went out of bounds there on that third down yeah. play. And, you know, a lot of attention is being fo- f- uh, focused on the fourth and 17, which was incredible. And that timeout allowed them to, to call that before that play. And who knows if that would have happened without it. But what I was surprised with is after the completion of Makai Miller, 
There's about 35 seconds or so left on the clock. I thought they would just kind of take a knee and center that field goal and then and then uh, snap, um, spike it and then let Mavis kick the 45-ish yarder. The confidence with zero timeouts to let Cook run another play, which, I mean, could be catastrophic if it's intercepted yep. or if somebody you know doesn't get out of bounds. My goodness, that play to Mookie Cooper, that shows so much confidence in Cook because I had more confidence at that moment that Mavis would make a 45-yarder uh, than Cook completing another 16-yard pass. I mean, just just the confidence that, that they showed in, in Brady Cook. What are your thoughts on that? No, totally agree. And it wasn't 35 seconds. There were 13 seconds. Um, Miller went down at the 29, and I immediately said, spike it and kick it now. I would kick it right now on first down. And a couple of people said, why? I said, because you – like literally earlier in the game, Missouri had a bad snap that caused Brady to go to a knee to get it. If that happens, game over. If anyone on your offensive line misses a block, game over. If somebody runs around for two seconds too long, game over. If Brady throws it short of the first down marker, game over. I, I, I mean, so many things could have gone wrong there that I would have kicked the 46-yarder. Um, that doesn't obviously make it wrong. What Eli did is team went and and made the play he trusted him to make, and he de- deserves a lot of credit for knowing his team, believing in his team, and making the kick much easier for Harrison Nevis. So this is not a criticism of Drinkwitz, but I had the same thoughts you did. Uh, if they snap this again, there are so many things that can go wrong here, and, and credit to Missouri that none of them did. Yeah, that guy, that wasn't even, honestly, it wasn't even in my mind. I loved that they kept going. But, yes, of course, it's a lot of that's results-oriented. But in the moment, I'm like, God, get this closer. And I know you weren't watching the broadcast, Gabe, since you were in the press box. But once they completed the 4th and 17 to Burden, Jesse Palmer's like, well, they are now in Mevis's range. And, yes, by the yeah. literal interpretation, they are. But it's still, I mean, he... My analogy was he stuck a four iron to three feet against Kansas State. You can't expect somebody to stick a four iron to to three feet. So they still needed him well, to make I, more moves. Except with Harrison Mevis, I think I have more belief that he's going to do that than that he's going to hit the wedge. I know that I was. That's the thing that I was. I know exactly what you're saying on that because uh, I think that he was kind of free rolling psychologically when he had that against K State, and I was worried that he was going to shank that one, and we were going to have another North End Zone debacle. But instead, as I made reference to. Uh, Missouri gets the crowd that they got. I think that's a huge thing. I've, I've overheard, uh, as I was saying to the guys earlier on the show, I was out at dinner last night and, and overheard people talking about the Missouri win. You saw that crowd on a Saturday night and a, a date that a lot of people would, would miss because uh, students would go home for Thanksgiving and the crowd was an incredibly important part of it. And they won a game in which they didn't have their best stuff. And But that's not just Missouri. We saw Georgia struggle with South Carolina and Auburn early in the year. Washington's had a bunch of near misses. Florida State's had a bunch of near misses. Michigan was battling with Maryland. Ohio State was dicking around with Rutgers at one point this year. It's part of being a good team is winning when you don't have your best stuff. With that said, if they bring that effort against Arkansas on Friday, as bad as Arkansas has been, they did beat Florida in the swamp. Uh, you could risk ruining the momentum that you have going into bowl season. So what did you see Saturday night that was problematic that they need to tend to before they head to Fayetteville Friday? Well, the defense was obviously a problem. Um, I think that has – I think that not, – not the team and not the coaches. I think people on the outside greatly – underestimated Florida and the talent they have going in. Graham Mertz has had a good year. People people will not let go of what he was at Wisconsin. He's had a good year. Uh, Etienne and uh, Wilson, it, those are NFL running backs players. Ricky Pearsall is an NFL wide receiver. Um, they have great talent, and, and they clearly were confusing. Missouri didn't know where the ball was. The, the yeah. play fakes, the motion, Missouri couldn't find the ball. And by the time they did, it was six, seven yards down the field. You know, um, they, they badly missed Tyron Hopper. There's no question about that. Um, but really, the, the one other big difference in that game was that Missouri got inside the 25 times and they kicked four field goals. Now, one was obviously intentional. But first drive of the game, they, they roll down, roll down, Cody Schrader just gashing them. First and goal at the nine, they throw a pass, and it's incomplete, and then you're in a tough spot, and you end up kicking a field goal. You know, so Missouri, it's weird. They lead the country, excuse me, in uh, scoring percentage in the red zone 
but they're 71st in the country in touchdown percentage, which means they're kicking a whole lot of short field goals. And ma- and making them. I mean, Mevis could be an NFL guy, well, yeah. I, I would think. But I know they don't always spend a lot of time recruiting kickers. What was his story? Did they know what they had in him when he showed up? I mean, he was recruited, was offered a scholarship. I three-star guy, maybe two-star guy, I can't remember. But I, I think they thought he was good. And his older brother had kicked at Iowa State, so there was some, some history of it. Um, look, I, I don't know if they expected him as a true freshman to go out and virtually make every kick he looked at. You know, uh, all-time leading scorer in school history. I, I don't know if you ever expect that. But, yeah, when you offer a kicker a scholarship, you fully expect him to be a three- or four-year starter. Yeah. Yeah, dating back to what last week, that's seven field goals Mizzou's kicked. So the good news is Mevis is locked in. The bad news is they are not scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Doug, I'm, I'm sure Gabe's been listening for many years. Doug had a rant years ago on fantasy football. Just throw it up to him. Just throw it up to him. If only Mizzou All had receivers. Yeah, if only Mizzou had a six-seven guy they can target in the red zone. Right. You see what Cortland yeah, Sutton yeah. did for the Broncos last night? I mean, he goes Brett, up and gets it. Yeah, no, but Brett Norfleet. I mean, this. I, I don't think we, we're given enough credit to how impressive he is, both blocking. And catching and hurtling. I mean, this this guy is going to be a superstar at Mizzou. I hope they get him more involved in the offense. He had three catches, which was tied for second on the team this past week. I think he averaged 18 yards per catch, something along those lines. I hope they target him more in the red zone or Theo Weiss, the other the other taller gentleman yeah, they have. Yeah, uh, Northfleet played early well. Should have had a touchdown. Um, Missouri lined up wrong. You know, again, another thing cost them four points in the end. Um, so they, they left a lot out there on the field. I, they really like Norfleet. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's one thing that has been severely lacking really since Drinkwitz took over is the tight end position. They just haven't gotten anything out of it, and they're starting to get something out of it. And, and again, it goes back to, you know, the first half, Cody Schrader runs for 112 yards. So if you focus on on stopping that, then all of a sudden Brady Cook in the passing game got hot in the second half. You know, we had the 77-yard touchdown. They had the drive at the end. Um, so, you know, what what do you what do you take away? Because you can't take it all away. And Missouri has shown an ability to win in a number of different ways. And Saturday, the defense was bad, but like the defense has won this team games. You know, it's capable of it. Huh. At, at this point in the season, does Drinkwitz go cruton during the week when he's so hot and everybody loves him right now? Um, they did last week. They were out on the road, I know, on Friday night. I, I don't know what the calendar allows. My guess is with Thanksgiving in a short week, they're not on the road this week. Um, and I don't even know if they're allowed to be. But, you know, they've they've got to com- compact everything into four days as they normally do in five. We've got media day here in a couple hours and then – They'll practice and they'll do a, a Thanksgiving thing probably on Wednesday and travel to Fayetteville on Thursday. Uh, Colonel, uh, now with uh, the college football playoff rankings coming out tomorrow night, my expectation is Missouri is at 10. Would you agree with that? No, they'll be at, why would they be at 10? They yeah. were at nine last week. I, 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 my bet is Louisville pass them. Based on. Barely beating. Yeah, I, I, I really, I really. Hey, maybe I'm wrong. All right, fine. It's neither here nor there. No, I just. I, what did they do that Missouri did? Do? I, they won on the road against Miami. Miami had problem, or Missouri had problems with Florida at home. I think that that will change. I mean, Louisville had problems too. That, that I, was, I understand. Well, this is great. We're arguing. I like this. I, I really <laughs> no, don't I care. Don't. <laughs> that's what I think I mean, is going I don't to happen. Know if it matters. It, it, well, that's that's what my, that's what I was setting it up to say. It doesn't matter though because Missouri still yeah. would be uh, in that top eleven. Um, what are there? Are there many scenarios at this point outside of a loss on Friday in Fayetteville that would lead to Missouri not getting a New Year's Six? Anything that Missouri fans should be pulling for or against? Yes, pull for the favorites in the conference title games. Okay. The, the only thing at this point, other than the committee just changing its mind and saying, "Yeah, we know you were nine, but but we feel like you should be twelve or whatever." Other than that, the only thing that changes this is at least two of these three have to happen. Iowa has to beat the Ohio State-Michigan winner in the Big Ten title game. If that happens, that means the Big Ten's getting another team in. So that takes up a spot. Mm -hmm. Arizona could, if they win, Oregon State beats Oregon, and then Arizona beats Washington, 
It is possible the Pac-12 gets three teams in instead of two. So that fills up another spot. And then the Big 12, like, they're changing their tiebreakers week to week. I think they're just going to have a steel cage match uh, between the <laughs> coaches to see who gets in the in the title game. But there is a scenario where Oklahoma State beats Texas in the league title game, um, and Texas still gets in above Missouri, and, and that would be a third team. So if two of those happen – Missouri could be in trouble, but I mean that's a lot. What uh, at this moment do you think is the mo- do you think the most likely is Peach Bowl? I I really don't know how they do how they pick Peach Fiesta Cotton. You know, because when you get into it, if if Alabama is not in the playoff, like Alabama can't play Texas, so Alabama's not. I mean, they can, but they're not going to have a rematch. Alabama's not going to go to the Cotton Bowl. Um, you know, you've got Tulane that's got to get in there somewhere. So I, I would think Cotton Bowl, if, if Texas is there, is pretty likely. Somebody has to go to the Fiesta Bowl, um, you know, against either theoretically Oregon or Washington. Yeah. I think Missouri could go there. I, I would think Alabama would be in the Peach Bowl if they're not in the playoff because that, that just makes the most sense and they can't go to the Cotton Bowl. We know they're not going to the Orange Bowl. Um, because that's going to be an ACC team versus the the Big Ten runner-up. Okay. So um, something that the Plowhawk brought up, so so you don't know, but I mean, at this moment, the the most bull projections I've seen, and again, these all can change very quickly, uh, Missouri and Penn State. You think that is the the most likely opponent? I mean, again, it doesn't matter because, you know, there's so many sliding elements to the the deal, but Penn State's certainly in the wheelhouse. I think that's actually pretty unlikely because if Missouri's in the new year six, there's a decent chance that Penn state isn't, um, you know, but, but I think if Penn state gets in, you could see Penn state, Alabama, um, maybe, and Missouri could play Penn state in the citrus bowl. If Missouri were to lose, so maybe those projections are are thinking Missouri falls outside the top 12. Um, I, I just I'm not sure. I think if Missouri's in, Penn State maybe isn't, and if Missouri's out, it's because Penn State's in. So I'm not sure. I would think they play each other. Okay. Um, this was something the Plowhawk brought up. I didn't see it on College Game Day, um, so I can't. But Plowhawk, tell tell Gabe what you brought up uh, that that Kirk Herbstreet and Pat McAfee you saw say, which and really, Desmond which really, Howard, and, and Desmond I realized Howard, which really surprised me. They aren't the committee. But they also they all said that if Alabama wins the SEC, obviously beats Georgia, they would go and pick Alabama over Florida State, undefeated Florida State. And this was pre-Travis injury. Um, and I was I turned it off at that point because I, I lost. You had enough. I, I was done with it. But like, <laughs> do you see that scenario happening? Especially more so now. But I, I, I mean, ultimately they can they can do whatever they want to do, true. right? Yeah. And we don't know, and that's the that's the issue. But. I, I I don't see thirteen and zero Florida State getting left out. I don't see thirteen and zero Washington getting left out. So the the those of us who who root for chaos, what you want is those two teams to both go undefeated. Obviously, the Ohio State Michigan winner to go undefeated. Texas to win out. Alabama to beat Georgia in the SEC title game. <laughs> and then what you have is one spot that has to go to twelve and one Georgia who most people think is the best team in the country, or 12-1 Alabama, which just beat Georgia to win the SEC title, or 12-1 Texas, which just beat, which beat Alabama yeah. this year, right? And so two of those three teams are getting left out. Yeah, what you have is either screwing a Texas team that beat Alabama or having the Final Four team playoff that does not have the SEC champion in it. Yeah. It's, it's it's quite a spot, and that and I have to tell you that that, that is a real live scenario. I mean, that's not like a three percent thing of happening. That's that's really in play. But it usually works out. We usually it does. do this with three or four weeks minus left. Baylor TCU oh in twenty fourteen. And it never happens. They always get bailed out, and the four teams are always pretty obvious. There there might be one team who had the. Complaint. Do you expect Washington to pass Florida State tomorrow night? Um. I think they should because I think you have to understand that Florida State just lost its starting quarterback. And Washington beat a good team on the road on Saturday night, too. Right, and Washington had a good win. Again, it doesn't really matter, I don't think, um, because Ohio State and Michigan are going to play, and one of them is going to be outside the top four uh, next Tuesday. Is there any team out there you think Missouri just couldn't beat, couldn't possibly match up against? Um, no, I mean, they played the best team in the country and had the ball with the chance to take a lead 
on the road with eight minutes left, I don't I don't really see any game that I look at and say there's no way, which is why I think what Missouri fans should want in a bowl game is, yeah, go go play Oregon or Washington. Hey, you know, go Good play you, one Carl. of these big-time teams because there's so much upside. If you get too lame, there's just no upside to that. Texas, I've seen some Missouri fans want the Texas thing in the Cotton Bowl. I, I don't know. I've seen that. I've seen him play Texas in a bowl game. I've seen him play in the Cotton Bowl twice. I, I just would like to see something new and different. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if I could actually pick it, it would be Fiesta Bowl against Washington, Oregon, because this yeah. is the year. I mean, this is this is kind of like 2007, in that this team is is you know is I think I, I, I wanted to ask you that, Gabe. What I was about to say is one of the best Missouri teams I've ever seen. I would put it ahead of 2008. I know that's not bold, or 2010, or 2014. But two of those three teams went to the conference championship game. One of those teams was Big 12 uh, North co-champion. I think it's up there. And so not only was the win important as a Missouri fan on Saturday night, but I think it put it keeps this team's legacy in its proper place, whereas a loss like that would have been, you know, would have gone, oh, yeah, they were great, but remember the Florida game. Instead, they have that kind of comeback win and the drive. Um, how do you rank this team of teams you've you've covered? I mean, I guess it would all have to be teams in the 21st century because there was nothing in our lifetime before that that, that would hold the candle. Right. Yeah, if they win on Friday, I think it's probably the third best season I've seen I, I won't put it with those seven and 13 I mean those teams went into conference title weekend with national championship hopes I, it, that that separates it you know this team's national championship hopes died the first Saturday in November so it, it, it's not as good by definition to me there but I agree I, I think they're that 2014 team was weird. I really didn't think it was all that good. Um, they, they were. They know, didn't they, belong in the same field as Alabama that day. I mean, I just remember Matty uh, Muck scrambling uh, and just throwing it up and hoping. Yeah, and, and uh, it, you know they beat. They lost to Indiana that year, yeah. and it just that wasn't the same level. Oh eight, like they had all this talent, but that was the season where they lost Oklahoma State in I don't know week six or whatever it was, and then then just didn't even show up in Texas, and and the rest of that year was just kind of like yeah, I mean cool go win 10 games in the Alamo Bowl and it seemed like such a disappointment yeah. you know so so yeah I would put this third I mean I look I can't talk about 1960 and 1969 I don't really know how those teams stack up but Doug they played Penn State in 1980 actually played yeah. Oregon Gabe in the early 70s we were looking that up I don't remember a Missouri Washington game I don't know if they do you recall them ever playing Washington Doug the Huskies no. Gary Pinkle Bowl? that'd be all right oh yeah the Gary Pinkle Bowl what else is out there as far as then Tulane? Yeah. No, that doesn't really do it. Do you think they would like go, okay, let's give Tulane some a chance to get people interested and put them up against Alabama or something like that? Or would they go, okay, let's let's ship them over here with Missouri? How do you think they would handle that? They gave them USC last year. I mean, not a clue. I, I, I don't know how they, how they usually do these tags. I don't know. Uh, you know, I would hope it wouldn't be Missouri Tulane, but what do we see a lot of times in the NCAA tournament? Oh, hey, look at this great mid-major team. Let's match them up against another mid-major team. No, that's boring. Mm-hmm. Give, them, give them one of the real teams, right? Like Wichita State, Kentucky. That was kind of fun. Who, who are the guys exactly that make up the committee that determine this? It's a good question. You should uh, ask <laughs> <laughs> it, cha- it changes. <laughs> Look that up myself. Okay. Uh, Doug, we've wanted to say that to Iggy mm. the last year, yeah. and Gabe actually finally was the person I, to say I, I it. Maybe he said he it to you. That. Okay, sorry. Uh, Colonel, always enjoy the kind. Of ga- uh, James, anything? You always come prepared. Of course, that's unlike no, anybody I'm else in here. I'm just thinking back to that 08 championship game at Arrowhead against Oklahoma God. after losing by 30, walking out of there thinking, well, the good news is that quarterback for Oklahoma is going to save the Rams. I knew I knew he'd go number one overall, and the Rams were trending that direction, and unfortunately, it didn't work out. Here it is. Committee members include one current athletic director from each of the five major conferences: ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, Pac-12, SEC, also known as Power Five. Other members are former coaches, players, athletic directors, administrators, plus a retired member of the media. That's who decides. Well, I'm not on the committee. I can. Colonel is not. Okay. Well, you're not retired. Yeah. Yeah, you're still firing. Yeah. Okay. Did you do a YouTube uh, post-game show on Saturday? We did. Nice. About midnight. Yep. 500 people hanging out. I bet. Probably some had yeah. uh, a little nip of the cooking sherry before joining in. Any of our listeners ask you to take your shirt off? 
Uh, um, most likely. I mean, I don't. <laughs> no, they called you cute and Gerard handsome or something. Sure mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's what happened. <laughs> Isn't that great, Doug? Our listeners go and flirt with Gabe and Gerard in the post game. OnlyFans has become such a big thing. People, <laughs> people want their media people to be naked. Hold <laughs> that off. We've taken a turn, fellas. Yeah, we have. Time <laughs> to go. Off. Time Put to go. Off. Okay. Uh, thank you, Colonel. All right, guys, have a good one. There he is. That's Gabe DeArmond, uh, presented by this gentleman right here on my left. Doug, his name's James Carlton, carltoninsurance.net. Doug, you think you can get Goldfinger to fire up that PJ and take us to the Fiesta Bowl? Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, let's do it. I bet he'd go. He probably probably will go. Well, you know, I'll text you my number, or I have to text you my number. All right, there you go. (laughs) That would be a fun trip. Oh, heck yeah, it would. Fun trip. I've never flown private. I hear it's nice. It's the way to go. <laughs> it's it's way definitely to go. the way to go. Yeah. It's amazing how it cuts uh, about five oh, hours off your trip. I mean, I am telling you, it is something else. Mm-hmm. It is a, yeah. yeah, I think we'll do that. Okay. We'll okay. Scottsdale. That should be for the email of the day, you know. Yeah, <laughs> give away that prize. Hang out with Biff and Goldfinger in go. Scottsdale. James, thank you as always, See sir. you, gentlemen. Happy Thanksgiving. There he is. All right, Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. The great James Carlton. If you're looking for a home... I would like to recommend Jeff Lottman of Compass Realty St. Louis, J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. That's J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. Looking to buy a home, looking to sell your home? Jeff Lottman has been selling homes in the St. Louis area for 22 years, has half a billion dollars in sales. That means he has connections. And if you are looking to buy a home, you want to have those connections. And of course, if you're looking to sell your home, you want those connections as well. And Compass Realty is a luxury brand. They can connect you with people from all over the globe. It's Compass Realty and Jeff Lottman at J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com. Yeah, think about that. Now, what do you think? Uh, I'm just happy that he has such a nice website. Yeah, he does have a good website. Yeah. You're right. That's a, uh, makes for a nice little jingle. Yeah, Longo Biggs has a nice one uh, as well. It's longobigs.com. Injury cases can be complex. In each case, an accident is different, and every fact is important when building a case. People often wonder how injured victims get large settlements or verdicts, and the short answer is because they're represented by effective and skilled lawyers, and that's where C.D. Longo and Doug Biggs of the Longo Biggs Injury Law Firm come into play at longobiggs.com, L-O-N-G-O-B-I-G-G-S.com. Longo Biggs of the Longo Biggs Injury Law Firm will take all the complication and hassle out of your injury claim. They're online at longobigs.com. They're TMA listeners. They are native St. Louisans. They live here in the community, and one of the two of them will be handling your case. So there you go. Longo Biggs at longobigs.com. Longo Biggs Injury Law accepts personal injury, wrongful death, brain injury, and other catastrophic injury cases. Remember, the choice of an attorney is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. How about that? Think mm-hmm. about that. That's nice. People are wondering if Iggy got laid at Gobble I don't know on that. That's from Breezeway. I wouldn't think so. Although he did have a lot of success in the past at Bowling Alley Center. <laughs> That's correct. At certain houses in particular. Like Redbird that. Lanes in particular. Mm, hotbed. Mm-hmm. And that was your home. home yeah, I got house. a perfect attendance trophy there in '84, as you know. Did you? Showed up every week. I got <laughs> one of those at Crestwood Bowl. God, you always have to one perfect up me. Perfect attendance. And but my trophy said the winner Dove on D O U G H. My dad thought that was the funniest thing. Began calling me Doughboy after that. Oh, it was that from mm-hmm. Boys in the Hood. I don't think it was that. No, because that spells dough. Right. Obviously, I mean you wouldn't spell Tom T O M B, would you? I spell Lamba that way. Oh. I never understood why people want to put an H after Doug, but it's happened a thousand times in my life. <laughs> thousand times. Autocorrect? You think it was autocorrect on that trophy? No, it's just, I guess you're so used to that in typing, D-O-U-G-H oftentimes comes after the G that, I mean, I had that so many times, drove me nuts. Dove on. Kind of like it. Stop it. I kind of like Right it. there on a bowling trophy. Oh, I was humiliated. I like it a lot. Jackson, anything stand out to you from the colonel that he workshop your emotions on the Jackson State loss? Yeah, I mean, I think he's spot on with Dennis Gates has been, like, pitching the perfect game for the 19 months and then has one bad day. And it's like, you know, the reckoning. But it's, it's, it is what it is. And then in terms of football, I thought everything was great. I love hearing Gabe's perspective on things, you know, from a guy who's been covering this team for so long. So love every time we get to talk to Gabe. I get it if you look at the 2007 and 13 teams through the lens. Well, that team was a win away from the national championship. And I'm not saying this team is better per se, but – this team, different spot, because 2007 lost Oklahoma two times, and those were their only losses. And then 2013 lost at home 
to South Carolina and lost uh, on the road, well, not on the road, neutral side SEC championship game against Auburn. I would say that the 2013 team was probably the closer one to a national championship because both those losses were, I mean, right there in the fourth quarter, whereas Missouri-Oklahoma, neither one are really in doubt in the fourth quarter if you're going back to 2007. But the 2013 team actually needed help to get into the national championship later that night in the Big Ten championship game, and it turns out they got it. 2007 controlled their destiny, beat Oklahoma and San Antonio, play for the national championship. And while it was close at the half, it never was really close in the second half. Those teams didn't have what this team had in the regular season, which was playing, you know, the teams like LSU and and the number one team on the road in November in Georgia. So I don't know. I don't know where I'd, I don't know where I'd come down. You can make a case for any of the three on at least I can. I mean, I think the most famous team is the 2007 team, don't you mm-hmm. think? Probably, you had the yeah. Kansas game, and you had mm-hmm. Chase Daniel and Macklin, and they're forever linked, and some big-time players and, who played uh, in the NFL, but Weatherspoon, Moore, Hood. Kaufman, was he on that team? Kaufman was on that team. T. Rucker, Tony Temple had a big Cotton Bowl. DGB had his one year in 2013. Kellen Winslow and, and Roger Winslow. Worley were on that team. Frank Broyles on the sideline mm-hmm. before yeah, he went Johnny to Fayetteville. Johnny rolling, running rampant. Don Farrell was up in the press box. He did great work up there. Mm-hmm. He was a consultant. Uh, Doug, did you get a chance to watch the Giants and Commanders game? I did not. I missed that one. Known for leaking pipes, poor playing surface conditions, and collapsed railings, FedEx Field is firmly near the bottom on most rankings of NFL stadiums. Add no hot water to the list of problems that have popped up at the home of the Washington Commanders after the Giants defeated the Commanders 31-19 on Sunday. Both the visiting and home locker rooms were without hot water. (laughs) Quote, we had an equipment failure in the main water heater that provides hot water to the field level locker rooms. We can't resolve the matter without completely shutting off the water to the stadium, which is why it couldn't be repaired in game. Uh, Commanders head coach Ron Rivera called the day, quote, a low point in his (laughs) four-season tenure with the team. And that was before the news about the malfunctioning showers. Uh, Doug, those Giants, that's a team that that people have circled as a Super Bowl contender. No, they're horrible. Talk about Tommy DeVito. Yeah. You're going from Illinois now to, to New Jersey and the job he's doing. It's Italian okay. in New Jersey. People oh. talking about Tony Soprano. Bring Tony, yeah. God, you lost to Danny DeVito. Don't you expect at the very least hot water at an NFL-quality <laughs> stadium? And what do you do after you play the game? Do you take a cold shower or no shower? Ooh, cold shower. No shower. I can't stand under freezing cold water. I can't do it. And they probably didn't play that hard, so they probably didn't have to take a shower. <clears throat> I'd rather go home sweaty and take a shower there than stand under cold water. What about if you're the Giants and you got to head back to Old New trip. York? I bet that plane smelled. Mm, smelled like man musk. Oh. Maybe it's like my apartment. they got to kick them out of the stadium and go dig up the pipes. Well, you just would hope that they would look into that before game day. And you know they probably have... Hundred people. Running I think they that found stadium. out. Some guy took a shower. Devito took a shower. Said, "Hey, it's cold in here." Be my guess. Yeah. Where's the water? Bill. Yeah. Uh, Brian Henson says, "Yeah, I'd probably shower with Tim." Oh. Nice. No, you wouldn't be in the stadium. So. That's the. It's <laughs> it's one of the worst feelings you can have is to really look forward to the shower. Oh, Bill. And you get in there and there's no hot water. It's just horrendous. Although really cold showers are supposed to be very good for you. Yeah, they open up the pores. And good for inflammation in your body and everything. Brian Henson with a follow-up text, Doug, as the Colts are on a bye week. Yeah, coming to think of it, I would definitely shower with Tim. Thanks for asking, Doug. That's okay, Brian I didn't Henshin. ask you who you wanted to shower with. <laughs> Iggy's Danny DeVito line just got added to Raby's next audio <laughs> postcard with a lap track at it. That's from Gary Pinkle's cell phone etiquette. Great Danny DeVito bit, you crusty salamander. Oh. That's from Big Tuft. That Danny DeVito bit needs to be worked into his open mic set. That's from KG and O-Town. There you go. Yeah, I'm surprised that uh, Raby didn't do an audio postcard with my uh, all my comedian imitations with laughs behind it. Mm-hmm. That's probably being made. Uh, yeah. They've been pretty good lately. He's had some good audio postcards, bro. Yeah. Uh, while you were out, uh, a gentleman by the name of Breezeway wanted to know if you got laid at Gobble Bowl. 
Oh, how'd that go? No, I did not. Did you meet anyone? Mm. Get any numbers? Mm. Yeah, a couple of girls signed some did. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these guys? What happened? We need to laugh. <laughs> Who are these guys? Uh, Jessica Zahner, who's there every year. Jessica Zahner. It's a film. Yeah, she's a cutie. I mean, she's married. I don't know if they swing, but... Oh, that never really married mattered to you before, did it? No, but he's a nice guy. Uh, Tara Savella was there again this year with her boyfriend, Mike. And they wanted pictures with you? No, but a couple of people wanted to sign pictures. Did they? Yeah, they knew I had my new glossy, so... Huh. Is yeah. this the one with the, the guitar? Yeah. And I let Andy Hanselman do a lot more calling of numbers this year, because I, I never get to mingle. You know, I'm there for three hours calling numbers, and I said, Andy, you want to do some work this year? I'll do a page, you do a page. I'll mm -hmm. do a page, you do a page. Oh, yeah. So I got to go mingle and talk to Show the yourself bowlers. off a little bit? Nice. Well, at least say hi and thanks for coming. Take some pictures and, yeah, make their day. Mm, make their day. You had to add that in there. And <laughs> always stay humble, of course. <laughs> so now I didn't get laid. I just went home, made some Sloppy Joes, and watched Mizzou. Nice. Fight Tiger. I'm a big Sloppy Joe guy. God, I love Sloppy Joes. I would not have parlayed a gobble bowl with a sloppy joe. It's just ground beef with some tomato sauce on a bun. Oh, some green peppers, some onions, a little bit of spice. I got to say, I'm kind of with Iggy. Sloppy joes are fire, dude. Really? I don't yes. think I've had a sloppy joe in 20 years. Come over and I'll have sloppy joes. I'm not really interested. Why? We'll have some food. I mean, you don't have to do them from scratch. You can buy the manwich stuff. It's just it's not as good as scratch, but it's easy. Brown some burger, throw some manwich in there, and you got yourself a sloppy Joe. But beer, little beer cats is sending a picture of him with like a bunch of women at the Grove. The same picture. It's the same set of four pictures. It's his one day at the Grove, and he's acting like he's just peacocking around. Like a world <laughs> like like he's beer cat, well. but that ain't hitting, dog. <laughs> Others are struggling to meet anyone at Gobble Bowl, and, and here he is scoring big time at well, the Well, it's, it's pretty sad when you just go to these places and, can I get a picture with you so I can send it in to Tim and he'll talk about me? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm with Iggy again. <laughs> Sads. <laughs> But it, it is well, the same four picture. Like the last time, like. <laughs> now that you say that, Plowhawk, that is the case. Iggy, would you have a, any tip for young, young Playboy types who are trying to follow in your footsteps? I don't even try. Oh, wow! Impossible to reach those heights. So He's got no shot. Too far he has, gone. He has, he has oh, no... yeah, sent in the same picture like yeah, a few times. I mean, think maybe they won't notice. I don't think I got all these girls. Yeah. No, you have no game. He took five minutes at the Grove to take as many pictures as possible. <laughs> he took four of them and then sent. The four he's took and just keeps sending them in. Well, how do you know he's got no game? He's got these pictures. Well, if he's doing this, what kind of a game is that? I'm gonna send pictures into the. Uh, I'm gonna send pictures into the fan page, and maybe they'll think I'm cool. But the game happened to get the picture with the attractive women. Well, how hard is that? I don't know. Pretty hard. I mean, I could walk into a bar of good-looking women and say, "Hey, can I get a picture with you?" They probably know, know who I am anyway. Oh, they wouldn't. When it comes to porn, I'm never going to fail. They wouldn't know. But I could find one or two girls to take a picture with me, and then, hey, look at me. I met a girl. I'm hot. I mean, just stop. I would bang you right now if you let me. Is that your, one of your lines? Did you ever use that line? Did Clearly you, you did, because we have a, a recording of that's it. That's correct. I said that to Joan Rivers. <laughs> oh, that's right. And her response was what again? I'm sick. She said that that would be necrophilia. Is that what she said? Some well, like bordering on necrophilia. I think she said that before. I said I'd bang. She's you. pretty good. I, said, I think you're hot now. I didn't think that'd be bordering on necrophilia. I'd bang you right now if you let me. Well, you got problems. Hmm. All right, how about what you? How about you? You play on Sports Sunday, <laughs> especially <laughs> over the phone. How about your daughter? <laughs> She's still dating that porn star. Doug, I, I, her daughter dates a porn star. <laughs> she did it one time. I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Jesse Jane or Jesse Jane. Not Je Jesse. Who's the, who's the porn star with the same name? Pretty much Jesse James, maybe. There's about fifty thousand porn stars. I think that. Nice, right? Jesse James. Have you ever literally gone through like an alphabetical order like porn star? Like, I have not. No. That, dude, there are so many Jessies and Janes and oh really? man, oh it's ridiculous. Yeah, they do. Have a tendency to use the last. If name, you look at Anne's, like the middle and last, there's a thousand just Anne's. That's why Ella Reese is so brilliant, Doug. Who could you possibly think of when you say the name Ella Reese? I think of Della I think Reese. Vivian, ah! 
Vivian was the one that really, I mean, nobody has, we're in the V's. She's the Vivian only one is in the V's. Vivian Azure. Azure. She ruined it by retiring. What's the last name? I mean, your name can make or break you. I mean, Riley Reed is a, you know, an attractive girl. But if her name was like Susie Smith. Oh. I was waiting for Johnny Johnson. No. I was waiting like for Susie, Cream Susie Smith. Yeah, she wouldn't be as popular. The name's catchy, like Dillian Harper. She's she'd made That's that. That's not her real name. She got that name because she knew she could turn it into her her fans would be her Dillionaires. What's so, her real name? What about Happer. I can give it a real name. You can Why Google not? it. You can Google it and find it. Like you can Google it. I've got a landing strip. Oh. Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, you know what it's time for. The Design Air Heating and Cooling okay. email of the day. And in nine minutes, Jackson and I got our asses ripped, and they're just waiting for Jackson to walk in there to talk Jackson State. That's all they want, Jackson. You're going to have to be strong and brave today. Oh, boy, you're telling me. Not going to be easy. Wow, wow, wow. What do you... Doug, I just read what's in the book. Uh, it must be a Kevin Miller because you can't read any of the words. Wow, wow, wow. What do you to kick off a three-show week just jam-packed with important topics? A defining Mizzou drive and win against Florida. The Blues up and down yo-yo season continues out on the West Coast. The Cardinals miss out on the first starting pitching domino of the offseason. Nah, fam. Let's talk about Strode's DFS team for the RSM class. Come on, we spent 10 seconds on that, and we talked about all those other topics. Mm. What does RSM stand for, and where was it played? Your guess is as good as mine. But let's check in with Justin Saw. Iggy's pick yeah. to top 10 this weekend. Great weekend for Saw at minus 8. Great weekend, but unfortunately it was closer to the cut line than a top 10. But keep your head up, Ken. You'll get him at the Hero World Classic assuming Jamie Burkhard refills your account. <laughs> You'd think now we'd pivot to the big Mizzou win, but nope. Now we're going to check in with Iggy and his merry band of women who help him hang posters and put bobbleheads and baseballs on a table. <laughs> Without their help, his The Cure-themed living room just wouldn't hit the same, and the prize table at Gobble Bowl would be in absolute shambles. But real talk, Strode, great job on Gobble Bowl. Sounds like another big success, and although you missed a third of the show today, your work on that great charity can't be denied. Congrats, sir. That's from If Young Pop-Pop Don't Trust You, I'ma Shoot You. If Young Pop-Pop Don't Trust You, I'ma Shoot You. I've seen Bobby Orr go coast to coast through an entire team and score a goal top shelf, but that pales in comparison to Tim's show today. Jordan came back and wasn't the same player. Tim took two days off and just nailed it all damn day. But this email is about my first fisting experience. Oh. Oh. I was so hopped up about the Mizzou win, I ran up to Sunset Hills Bass Pro Shop to look at the tranquility of the fishes. As I wandered into the jams aisle, I noticed a majestic man, perfectly pressed khakis and shiny loafers. He had a cart filled to the brim with Uncle Buck's apple butter. That stuff any good, I asked. With a sheepish grin, he pulled off his shirt and lathered up his man nipples oh. with an entire jar. You tell me. Now, come over here and lick these bad boys off. I was scared and turned away. As I did, he pounced on me. Dude's nickname must have been Coco because I immediately had a monkey on my back and in my kitchen. And by kitchen, I mean he immersed his entire jam-covered fist in my sputter gutter. Okay, that's enough. That's Who was it, Tim? Mayan. And then the last name is Moans. Mayan Monet. She's new. And also suspended. <laughs> suspended a period of two days' time, and her name is going into the suspension law. You'll even as we speak. And young. Things that make me uncomfortable. Potros talking about old country and Potros salivating over post-charity event sloppy jays. Max Ick. Gross. Thanks. That's from number one Asian intern Brian Henshin, a.k.a. ASMR Jesse Jane. No. Sorry, Jesse James. No, wait. Jesse Jane. Without the Y. Susie Smith. Whatever. It's not important, but your name can make or break you. Not unlike this deal. The next 12 to sign up for my YouTube premium page and turn on auto-renew, receive a free can of Manwich, meat and buns not included. It's just the sauce? It's like Cousin Eddie with the hamburger helper. Oh, yeah. I talked about that three minutes ago. Why don't you put a little more effort into your oh, emails and not wait till the end of the show? Okay. Brian Henschen. 
I am so excited about the year-end awards. I'm really hoping to get some aggressive hand play from Tim's pincer near the dumpster. That text from Lil Beer Cats got me thinking. So here's my list of the most deserving candidates. Texter of the Year, Arbor Day. Listener of the Year, Slam Dunk for Buck Swope. Email of the Year, JV Golf Coach, Obvi. Best caller, Natty Nate for his lone phone call in February. Yeah. The trash of the Cardinal front they office. They the one. where are they now trophy should go to spread your legs guy. I genuinely miss when he offered large sums of money to watch Doug and Amy make out. But remember, he's just goofy. He's not gay. Mm-hmm. You guys on the day should be eligible for some awards, too. For instance, hottest TMA host goes to Mr. Tim McCurkin, a.k.a. Mr. Perfect. Fewest drops played while under the influence. That goes to Plowsy. Darren should also win most calories consumed while wearing children's-sized clothing. Jackson should walk away with most likely to wear a bulky yellow diaper in a foreign country. The anti-Bow Hart Award goes to Iggy. If ever there was someone who did not deserve the Hustle Award, it's the chronically late guy who sits down to pee. Obviously, Iggy will also be executing a clean sweep in what I'm calling the Big Three Awards, most likely to have an awkwardly public feud with a porn star, most likely to get catfished by artificial intelligence, and most likely to tune out his co-host so he can post a picture of the Diamonds Direct building. (laughs) I'll see you all on December 14th. That's from the JV Golf Coach. JV Golf Coach. And finally, picture this. You land your first big boy job at a big boy corporation. Now... Close your eyes and tell me what you see. Is it a large footprint conglomerate which mirrors the innovation, values, and community spirit that drives the region? Is it a fancy building with painted walls, controllable temperatures, and an overall feeling of safety, knowing that once you walk through these doors, you won't be asked to do anything unethical, unsavory, or borderline illegal for the benefit 18 guys who all spent time at Cletus's halfway house for the dumb and unemployable? Mm. Now, open your eyes. Would you be surprised to learn this big boy job at a big boy corporation keeps a little hidden, non-temperature-controlled animal crate of a room buried deep in the bowels of the building's crawl space where a poorly wallpapered HD2 studio broadcasts from? And would you be shocked to learn the studio boasts such amenities as being three to 400 square feet smaller than the first studio they were in before they, quote, got their own studio? <laughs> and it's strategically positioned within arm's length of the janitor's piss bucket. Oh. That audibly infiltrates the show's low wattage signal. How about learning that it's in this very room where new account managers must visit to be hazed? in answering questions regarding the circumference of their hogs, if they can shake their asses for the seven divorced stay-at-home dads who watch the show on YouTube, and if they're willing to publicly explain their criminal history on air. Mm. And on your way out, on your very first day, you'll be forced to make eye contact with the warm bag of bones, peer pressuring his coworkers into pretending to be interested in the vintage garbage he's inconveniently strewn across the very table, where you'll be eating your lunches for the rest of your career there. Welcome to the workforce pledge. We look forward to accepting your resignation letter in three to six months' time. Doug, that comes from Gunter. Oh, German fella. Gunter. That's what we have. For the design, air, heating, and cooling email today, what you got? Well, I think it's between Gunter and the JV golf coach. Um, I'll go with Gunter, I guess. Yeah, we were all excited when they said, hey, you guys are getting a new studio. It's great. And just kind of shoved back in. fine. (laughs) I I gotta go Gunter. Gunter is one, the design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. Gunter's dangerous, Doug. Yes. Gunter is a guy that uh, if he's playing, he can win it all. He can uh, stay healthy. He can stay healthy. That's always been the issue with him. He's like Jason Day. Jackson and I are going to go get healthy, and we're going to get our asses ripped for an hour on Balloon Party. Switch over to the uh, 101 ESPN channel on YouTube. That's where we'll be, and they'll be talking it over the tiny peepees in there, and he runs things. Uh, Time for us to shut it down for the Plowhawk Fraction. Jackson for Kenneth Eastrode, for my brother Kevin, for Douglas Alvin Vaughn, and Tim McKernan. This has been TMA, presented by Brown and Crouppen from the Michelob Ultra Studios.